We've basically been um, looking at what it is that our soul really craves for and this pursuit that every single one of us as a human being is on to find uh, some satisfaction, some fulfillment. And really the, the word we've been looking at is, is happiness. And, um, and, and so uh, I just am really glad that you're here today. And today uh, the title of the message is called, uh, as we unpack the hot dog buns, is it artificial or, or the real thing? What are, what are we really looking for? And uh, so to get us there, um, you know, we watched that video. How many of you are glad they didn't ask you that question? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, uh, we sat in our arts planning team and uh, we came up with that question and we literally thought that was the kind of answers we were going to get. That if someone came to us and said, what are you doing to change the world? That most of us would go, I, I don't know. Now, As I thought about it, maybe we could change the question just a little bit, and you might have a better shot at having an answer. And that is, if we didn't ask you what you're doing to change the world, but we asked you, what are you doing to change your world? Would that be a different question? A little bit? Just a little bit of a tweak? Because the world feels so big that sometimes you feel like, you know, you really can't do that. But but your world, what are you doing to change your world? And, um, and that's kind of what we want to look at today. Um, it's interesting, in one parable that Jesus had, he, he talks about how God gives some people one talent. And then other people, he gives two talents. And some people give five. And when I thought about that, I think that it's interesting. That there was an expectation that you would take whatever God gave you in the midst of your influence and that you would do something, that you would invest that, that you would use what he's given you um, to literally, I think, change the world. And what's cool about that to me is it all depends on what he's given you or what he's called you to. Some people one, some people two, some people five. And I, I think that as we take what he's given us and we really invest it in him and what he's doing, then we really can see our world, the world we live in, the people who are in our like, sphere of influence changed. Um, what's interesting is there's only one guy really, well, a lot of people have impacted the world, but Jesus Christ changed the world. <laughs> Completely different deal. And uh, he would be a 10-talent guy, I guess. He would be the full, complete package of humanity. In fact, I think that's what we do see in Jesus. And he changed the world um, because he ushered in a completely different way of living. He, he took everything and he just, he absolutely turned it upside down. He, he put a different order into the world. It's interesting because it's really clear that he came to save us. That was his prophecy. That was his message when he was born, unto you a savior is born. And yet, while he was on earth, he had this one clear message. And he just said, repent. Change. Turn around. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. I'm ushering in a really different way of life. And for you to grasp this new way of living, you're going to have to literally turn because I'm bringing in something new. So when Jesus was standing before Pilate near the end of his days when he was in, in trial, 
um, Pilate was just really intrigued by this guy, and he's like, man, what, what's the problem? Do you call yourself the, you saw, you call yourself the king of the Jews? And, and Jesus is, you know, having this dialogue with him, and finally Pilate looks at him, and he says, well, man, what did you do to get them so mad at you? And this was the conversation, John 18, verse 36 and 37. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. Well, you're a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you're right in saying that I'm a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this I came into the world. To testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So a couple things out of that passage. The first one is this. That Jesus is saying, I've got something that's so completely different than the way this world operates. It's not even of this world. I am a king and I'm coming from a completely different place. And so what I've done is I came, and this is so interesting because there's just a few times in Scripture where it's literally defined for us why Jesus Christ came, what he was here for. And here he tells us really clear, I came to testify to the truth, and everyone on the side of truth listens to me. That's why I was born. So you guys, what Jesus came to do was to testify to what's real, to testify to you and me, to help us to know what is ultimate reality. So I thought about that. There's, there's really two different things. There's real and there's artificial. Okay? How many of you have had crab that starts with a K? <clears throat> okay. See, again, like I grew up in uh, the, the woods of Lapeer, Michigan, and um, I didn't ever have anything. I never even had crab with a K. Okay, we had roast beef and potatoes, you know. And I remember the first time at a seafood buffet just mowing on crab with a K and just thinking this is the greatest stuff in the world. Now, how many of you have had crab with a C? What does that do to crab with a K? (laughs) I mean, it just obliterates it. It's unbelievable, this artificial thing that's put out there that you can actually, when you've never tasted anything else, it can be really good and you can be satisfied with it until you taste crab with a C, and then everything's different. And I was just thinking too, um, like real butter, how many of you are butter fans? Okay, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, everything's better with, not blue bonnet on it, with, <laughs> with butter. And um, I remember when my mom switched over to can't believe it's not butter, you know, and that was better than blue bonnet, but it still wasn't butter. And what's interesting is I can't believe it's not butter. I can't believe that I'm consuming, what I'm consuming isn't the real thing. It's supposed to be that good. And see, I think Jesus came down here and he said, I'm going to testify to what's true. I am going to show you what's real. And I will so hope that you can understand that you've been mowing on crab with a K or you've been eating, I can't believe it's not butter, thinking it's the real thing. But I've come to show you 
actually what's real. It was really interesting to me, the definition of artificial. Artificial, the definition is made or produced by human beings. Isn't that interesting? Typically as a copy, it's not natural. The definition of real is true or actual, genuine. It's not imitation or artificial, which means it's not produced by human beings. And Jesus says, I came to testify to that which is real and genuine and not produced by human beings. I want you to know what this is all about. And I'm going to reveal to you something so completely different. It is a kingdom. It is a way of life. It's where things actually work and where they're productive and it's all that it's supposed to be. And um, so what I, if you're new again, what I, why I wanted to do this series was because as a human being, sorry, it's going to be an interesting morning. <laughs> as a human being, I am so bent towards crab with a K. And I'm so bent towards finding what is the quick and easy thing that makes me feel happy. And I want that life so badly that I'll succumb to anything and forget what's real. And I'll go after things that are made by human beings. Artificial stuff when Jesus is trying to help us to say what's really real here. So, um, had an interesting morning. Um, was working on all my notes and my message and going over it and getting ready for you. And I hopped in the shower and uh, I felt like God asked me to bag the message today. Um, and that I feel like I'm just supposed to just share with you my heart. And it's weird. Do you guys ever have like heaviness and it's like, really bad. How many of you ever have heaviness and it's bad? Okay, cool. That is so not what I'm feeling. That was an interesting response. Because <laughs> I'm experiencing um, in my heart a real heaviness that's good. Do you guys, do you guys know what I'm talking about? It's interesting. Like there's this weight on me this morning that I think's from God. Because he loves you. And because he loves me. And he hates the fact that we devote our lives to things that are artificial and that are man-made that are not true and they're not real. And God came into this world for the reason to testify to you and to me 
what's real and what's true. And I think what I'm just supposed to share with you is this journey that I'm on that I think many of us are on where we chase after these hot dog buns, which is, again, chasing after happiness, wanting our life to work, wanting comfort and ease, thinking that is what's going to satisfy me. When God is coming and saying, that's just so not what you were created for. It actually is not what your heart is longing for. Let me show you the difference. So, can we just pray? And seriously, I've already asked everybody I know, would you pray for me this morning? Because I have no idea what I'm going to (laughs) say. All right? Okay, God. We're here. We got up this morning and made the decision to come to church today. sure there's all different reasons why we came today. But Lord, I I would just ask that you might um, reveal to us your reason (laughs) why we're here today. And Lord, I just want to be faithful to you. I just want you to have your way today. I would so love for what's true to pierce our hearts today, to open our eyes today, to set us free today. And uh, so we just ask for that. Have your way with us. Move in our midst. And uh, may your word be alive. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... um, So again, I, I think partly this, this whole idea of being, uh, of having a God who is uh, so committed to you and me literally experiencing what we were created for. And for us to be on this constant search to figure out what that is. So I've already shared a couple things with you. Let's just recap real quick. That chasing after hot dog buns, again, it's this, it's this uh, analogy that somehow I'm going after and devoting. I want you to think about, we talked about this in the messages in the past. What do you devote your time to? What do you devote your recess to, your, your resources to? What do you devote your time, uh, what do you think about all the time? What do you chase after? What do you want? And that God so revealed to me that I so want to be happy. <laughs> And I want my life to work. And I want to be fulfilled. So two weeks ago, we talked about this whole idea of like, well then what are you going to to find that? What is it that's going to actually satisfy your heart? And I gave you this analogy of this boat and the deep sea diver who goes down deep. And we literally have this source of air that comes into us and we are completely reliant on that for life. And so when the, when the, hose gets kinked or when it gets clogged up and all of a sudden that source doesn't get to us, we panic inside. And so what God was saying, what he revealed to me and what I share with you is he's saying, you got to really be careful about what's in your boat. Because if your spouse is in your boat 
and your life depends on what they give you, they can get kinked and they can get clogged and then we panic. Or if your health is in your boat or your job is in your boat or your financial security is in the boat or your talents and your, your ability or, or the fact of getting everybody to like you, if that's in your boat, I don't know what it is, but he just said, you got to make sure that only I'm in the boat. And I'll use all those other things, but be really careful about what you're, what you're living for. And that just, God just so used that to reveal to me how quickly I can, in my own heart, get deflated. And, and, and I can feel so empty, and I can get so down so quickly when things around me don't go the way that I want them to. And he was just saying, Dave, that's because they're in your boat. Don't trust those things. And then he just, and Jesus came to us and he said over and over again, if you really knew the gift that I wanted to give you, and if you knew who I was, you'd ask me for it, and you would drink water, you would receive something in you so that you'd never thirst again. And that's his presence. It's what we were created for, to be in a relationship with God. So that was two weeks ago. And then last week, we asked the question, well, then what's really good? Because, and I brought out this swing, you know, and we, so, and we just use this illustration that life is good and then it's bad. And then when life's good, then God's good. And when life's bad, then God's bad. And, and we, we struggle with this. And yet, the cool thing is we, we finally realize that actually God uses the good things in our life and he uses the bad things in our life. And he helps because what's really good is you and I live in the life where we, we were created for. What's actually really good is when I build character inside me where I don't get easily swayed by my emotions. I don't get easily swayed by the culture around me. I don't get easily swayed by other people's opinions of me or of the world. I build character and I'm who I am and I have strength to be who God has created me to be. And the other thing that's good is when, when we're complete and we lack nothing, when we're, when we're mature, when we're literally now being the man or the woman that God created us to be. And God says, sometimes I use hardship and suffering and testing and that strengthens you and it purifies you and it helps you to be who I've created you to be. I had so many people come after, up afterwards, even during the week, and say, thank you so much. The swing, that made total sense to me, but it was when you pointed up and showed that at the top, right there, that that never changes that your relationship with God, that what you have to determine right now is that does God love you and what's your relationship with him based on? And when you finally know that that's secure in Christ and that never changes, then when life is swinging back and forth, you can look up and know that God's got you. So today, my plan is, and I think I'm supposed to still share this, I just feel like I'm not supposed to share maybe from my notes, is this. The other thing that chasing hot dog buns does is it literally keeps me from living the life that God has called me to live. So Jesus says, his whole message was, repent, turn around, change your ways, because the kingdom of God has come. And there's a kingdom of this world, there's this rule, there's this reign that's inside of you that the world has, and then there's mine, And what all of us, all of us need to realize is that 
if we don't change, if we don't repent, if we don't turn, we will continue to live a life that's artificial and we'll continue to live a life of not having the impact that God wants us to. So initially, I was like really concerned and I was glad and God was helping me to see, Nelson, you're never going to be satisfied until you look to me and nothing else. And you're never going to understand the hardship in this world if you always just want to be happy because then when things go bad, you're going to think, I don't love you. And that's not the case. So he's really, but the third thing he hit me with is, Dave, you will never live, ever live the full life of impact that I want to have through your life if you live for hot dog buns. If you live for your own personal happiness, you will never live the life I've called you to live and that I created you to live. I love in Luke chapter 12, and this is the message, so kind of, it's, it's kind of the funky version of the Bible, more of the personal way we talk about things. And he says this, Jesus says, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax not be so preoccupied with getting. See, that would be the hot dog buns. We get so preoccupied with needing this and getting this and having the right job and having enough money and having whatever. You just, he goes, man, I want you to chill on the getting things so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over all this stuff, but you know both God and how he works. And I love this. Steep yourself in God reality, God initiative, God provisions, and you'll find your everyday human concerns will be met. Don't be afraid of missing out. You're my dearest friends. The Father wants to give you the very kingdom itself. So let me just, let me just go here. So what is this kingdom? What's the kingdom? Jesus says, I have one message for you. Repent, because the kingdom of God is here. What is it? It's the way of God. Not your way. God's way. It's what is right. I think Jesus was saying, this, I, what I'm ushering in, you guys, is the way it should be. What I'm showing you through my life and through my teachings, is this the way it's supposed to be is finally here. <laughs> it is God having his way. And that's why in the Bible we have these words, and if you've grown up in church at all, you have the words like his, his lordship. It's his reign. It's his rule. It's basically God just saying, I get to call the shots. I'm going to bring a kingdom. So you're a king then? Yeah, I am. But my kingdom is so different. It's not like political. It's not like what you guys are experiencing. He said, my kingdom is inside you. See, so what happens is, what Jesus was saying is, I'm going to usher in a new kingdom, which is God's way. It's his will. He gets to call the shots, and he's going to do it right inside here. So now all of a sudden, God is going to move in your heart. He's going to lead you inside your heart. In fact, he said, I'll give you a new heart even. So I was sitting there on Wednesday and uh, it was, this was, I should have known this was going to happen because I was sitting there on Wednesday morning and I was just praying 
like in the morning, and all of a sudden, I just felt like God just popped up these scriptures. I literally had to put up another Word document and just type them down, you know? So I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? And this was the kind of flow that he gave me. So let's all, let's all start off. We all know the Lord's Prayer. You know, maybe you don't, but if, if that's cool. But most of us know the Lord's Prayer. Let's all say it together, right? Okay? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, just stop right there. So Jesus looked at us, and he looked at his disciples, and he said, this is how you should pray. Father, who art in heaven, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we say that all the time. And I think we even pray that. How many of you guys want that? How many of you guys want that? Like, oh my gosh, you think... God's kingdom come, his will done on earth as it is in heaven. I took my daughter Ashlyn out on a date last night and she's just cracked me up. She just asked me a question out of the blue. What was it? Oh, she goes, we're driving down the street in Sugar House and she goes, Dad, if you opened a sports store, what would you name it? <laughs> you know, and then, and then she goes, well, ask me a question. I'm like, oh, okay, and I don't know why. If you could ask Jesus to do anything, what would you ask him to do? And she just said, man, I'd ask him to come and to get rid of all the bad stuff in the world. All the things that hurt and all the things that make people sad. You know, I'm just thinking, she was just, that's the prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then Jesus had another verse where he said, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. We already went through the story a couple weeks ago with the woman at the well. And when he was done with her, the disciples came up to him and they just said, man, they brought him some food and this was his response to them. I have food to eat that you know nothing about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. My food. Are we chasing after hot dog buns, the artificial stuff? No, Jesus said, there's something that actually gives me life to my soul and it's to do the will of him who sent me. And then, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, right, when he was trying to decide if he was going to go forward and be the, uh, the Savior of the world, he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. See, and, and Jesus even <laughs> shed like blood coming from his face trying to decide if he wanted to do his will, which in that point was, I don't want to do this. But not my will be done, yours be done. Okay? The kingdom is what Jesus wanted, the Father's reign. So here's the key question, you guys. Do you want his reign and his lordship and his rule in your life? Do you want it? Do you want his will to happen for you? Do you want the life that God offers do you want his life inside you? And I thought about that and I go, what is his will? What is the life under his lordship? What is his life and what's his way? And you guys, you know what it is? It's absolute, complete death to yourself. It is the absolute antithesis to hot dog buns. The life of God that he revealed to us in Jesus Christ is that he never once thought about himself. 
he sacrificed himself, not just on the cross, he sacrificed himself every day, thinking about others more than himself. He was completely dead to himself. Now let me think, now I want you to think about that, because most of us are like, hey, how many of you want God's will? You know, and we go, man, I want his will. Okay, God's will for your life is for you to never think about yourself. But to finally be free from yourself, to be crucified with Christ so that you no longer live, but that he lives inside you. Now, don't raise your hand. But I just sat there and I thought, I, in my own heart, I was thinking, how many of us want that? How many of us never want to live for ourselves again, but be completely free from searching after happiness and completely free to live for God and to live for others, to wake up every day and to not think about yourself, but think about others. See, something inside your flesh goes, no. It just screams out. It screams out in me. That's why Paul talked about there's this battle inside of us. That what you want, you don't do. And what you do, you don't want. And there's this incredible battle inside because the kingdom of God will flip your world completely upside down. And the honest answer, you guys, is no. It is no. I think that's why Jesus said, you can't even see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. John 3, 3, read it. He goes, you can't even see it. The life I want you to live is so different that if something spiritual doesn't happen, a transaction happen in your heart, you won't even see it, and you definitely won't enter it. He says you can't enter this kingdom. You can't enter a life of complete and utter selflessness and sacrifice unless you're born again, unless my spirit, because that is what I'm like, comes inside of you. And so then, I just sat there and I thought, and many of you in this room are Christians, and I just, in my own life, I'm then like, God, then why do I struggle with this so much? And here's what I need to say. I, I just, I looked at my life, and I look at K2, and I just need, if, I, and now if you're, not, if you're not a Christian here, just listen in. If you're a follower of Christ, I just feel like God wanted me to ask you this morning, what are you living for? Really? I feel like that's what, I'm looking in the mirror and he's just saying, Nelson, what are you living for, really? And what is K2, the church, about, really? Are we literally dead to ourselves where we can't wait? Like Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. I mean, do you find yourself going home and serving your spouse and serving your kids? Do you find yourself at work in an attitude of humility and service? See, that's, that's the life of Christ. And so often, we're not like that. And I just feel like we could so miss the boat. And, and, and I just, I feel like what Jesus was saying to me in Matthew chapter 21, he gives a story, and I, I, I'm sure I've read it, but I didn't really see it. And it's a story of two sons. And one son, he goes, the father goes out and him, says, hey, I want you to work in the field. And the, and the son goes, no, I'm not going to do it. And then later on, he decides to do it. And then the second son, he goes, hey, I want you to work in my field. And he says, all right, man, I'm in. And then he never showed up. <laughs> And so Jesus asked the religious leader, he said, so which son did what the father asked him to do? And they were ob obviously, well, the first son did. And he looked at them and he said, I want to tell you right now, the prostitutes and the tax collectors are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. Because you say, I will, I will, I'm in. 
And he said, but you don't do it. And so another place, he just says, Lord, Lord, some people are going to tell me, I tell you the truth, he says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. And so, I hate the fact I have to, to run over to the other building, but I just, I just felt like, plain and simple, you guys, if you're a follower of Christ, um, like I am, could we just be honest with God today and say, Jesus, I just confessed to you my time, my resources, my thoughts, my energy go almost completely to me and what I want for my life. Could you just be honest with that and just tell him? And could you be honest with yourself and with what Jesus said is, that is the antithesis of me. If I'm inside you and if I live in you, I'm going to move you and I'm going to prompt you constantly to love, to think about others more than yourself. For us to be a church that does that. And Ben, why don't you guys come on up and let me just share with you my last thing and then I got to run. So I was sitting there and I was thinking, why in the world would I want to live a life that's not for me? Why, why would I want to sacrifice myself and my time and care about others more than myself? Why would I want to serve in every place and be generous with all that God's given me? And here's what I came up with. I just sat down and I wrote this down. Because I am absolutely convinced that there's a God. And that God is holy and he's right and he's good and he's loving. And that he is the creator of all things. I exist because of him and in him and I exist for him. I believe that I'm absolutely, and I'm absolutely convinced that the way of God, the kingdom of God is reality. It's what's true. It's what's real. It's what makes the entire world beautiful and loving and harmonious and productive, free of conflict, hatred, harm, abuse, fear, and all wrongdoing. I absolutely believe that the kingdom of God is that. And I believe that with all my being that Jesus Christ is God and that he came and he lived perfectly ushering in this kingdom of God into the world. And I believe he died. And when he did, he took up all my wrong stuff, all my selfishness and all of my sin. He took up the punishment that I deserve for my rebellion, for my self-centered, godless life. And then I believe he rose again. And I, guys, I believe he's alive today. And I believe he lives inside of me through all his spirit inside me. So that I can enter into a spiritual reality. Reality of living what I was created to live. Which is a life in submission to the love and the lordship of God where I'll do whatever he asked me to do. And I believe that that and that alone is the life that I'm created for. And here's the last thing I believe. We're going to talk about this next week. Is that someday I'm going to go see him. Someday I'm going to go see him. And he says that everything that I do here is preparing me for what's ahead. And he's going to lovingly accept me. But also, how I live here, he's going to look at me and what I do here matters. So what do you believe? What do you believe? What do you believe? Because what you believe, you'll live. And I just want to say this year, I said we've got to fight against hell so we'd never be a church that exists for itself.
I say, let's fight. Let's receive what Jesus has for us and let's be who he's created us to be.